0: In episode two of the Liquid Intelligence podcast, we spoke with Lane from Nani. We touched on what Nani means and how Lee and Lane, co-founders and brothers, felt like there wasn't an alcohol-free beer on the market that excited them, so they decided to create it themselves, going from home brewing to being stocked in major retailers across BC. We also touched on how Lane and Christo see the forecast of the alcohol-free industry and more. Thanks for tuning in and let's get into it. Lane, thank you so much for coming on the Liquid Intelligence podcast. For our listeners, Lane is the co-founder of Noni Beer, which is a Canadian brewed non-alcoholic craft beer, working on changing the narrative that non-alcoholic beers don't have to just be a near beer, but a good beer. Coming from a background of tech, Lane and Noni just celebrated one year in business and had a successful first year landing in some amazing restaurants, bars, and retailers. And I mean, kind of kick this off. How did you start Noni? (laughs)
1: Well, thanks so much for the intro, Nicole. Christos, thanks for having me on. I guess the story starts where my brother and I were just at this point of being like active people, beer drinkers, you know, fans of uh going out, but realizing that the two <laughs> don't mix always uh too seamlessly. So we started like while I was at Shopify, uh, I think you mentioned my brother was uh, working uh, at a brewery at the time. And we started just loading up the fridge with some, some different non alcoholic beer options and realized that, you know, the quality has improved quite a bit. We were excited about just having a beer in the fridge that you could reach for. You'd still be at work at noon and you can still go to the gym after work, even just like during a night, you could have them in the mix. But I think that. There wasn't a beer company that we were excited about that was for us specifically. So I think there was a lot of people doing a great job, but we basically felt that it was a time that worked out for both of us in in the way we wanted to be doing our own thing. And we saw this trend that was built specifically for us that we could make something physical, fill our own need. And it's super selfish. Just like we went out there, took this trend coming up and realized that the stigma is leaving. Let's build our own beer, basically. So, like I was saying, when Lee was at the brewery, he was at he was doing uh, sales and marketing for about five years there. During that time, I'm poking Lee like, "Hey, why don't you guys get a like non-alc brew going in the brew house? Like, let's make this happen." And then we realized that you know it's really not that simple. Um, It wasn't as easy as just getting a non-alc beer in the tanks. So we took it on ourselves to do a lot more research, do some (laughs) homebrewing that that ended up in disaster, of course, and realized that it was time for both of us to jump into this full-time, find the right people to make it happen. So yeah, that's kind of where it kicked off. I quit my job and then jumped into this full-time. Lee followed a little while after and launched with two SKUs, a Pilsner and a Pale Ale back in January uh, last year now.
2: That is is a great story. Uh, I remember when we had lunch that we went through kind of the same conversation. I've never met your brother, but I'm really looking forward to meet Lee. Do you think that his background and his expertise and his connections and everything helped a little bit to push the products when you guys started?
1: Absolutely, uh, 100%. We definitely wouldn't have the initial traction uh, that we had without Lee's background. Um, that comes from every, everything from, you know, the connections that he made uh, to just have a better understanding of, of beer in general. You know, he, he, working in five years, you make some good great contacts, uh, you learn how things work. And having someone that was familiar with that in Vancouver specifically was, was amazing. And just uh, having a, a good understanding of just uh, beer in general was uh, extremely helpful.
0: You kind of spoke to that you guys were athletes before you started Noni. So that was, I guess, a bit of a focus because I've been reading recently about how athletes are using alcohol-free beer as recovery after workouts.
1: Yeah. I mean, we're weekend warriors. No, Lee runs his Iron Man, so I guess that's a, a pretty big feat. So mm-hmm. but yeah, like it is amazing to have a beer. Then after you feel like actually like serving as a health drink. As soon as you remove that alcohol, everything in there does serve a purpose and does hydrate well. So it's, uh, it's amazing post and pre-workout beer and yeah, it's pretty wild that way.
0: And it tastes really good too. Like we were talking before we started the podcast and I have a bunch of people at my house right now because we're recording this near the holidays and we were all drinking it last night and everyone was commenting that they love the branding and they're like, wow, I can't believe this is alcohol free. It tastes so good. Like it tastes like a craft beer and it just is delicious. So yeah.
1: Amazing. We get a lot of comments on the branding, uh, the name. I will correct you on the name. It's Nani. I'll give you some background on that uh, in, in a moment. But yeah, a good friend of ours, Spencer Pigeon, has gone freelance and was able to free up some time to help us out and go from idea to physical product. And that was just like a, a really amazing experience being able to work with a really good friend and be able to put something out into the world that's new. And quite a bit different than everything else that is in the market. So like I said, it just really reflected what Lee and I wanted to see. And from his initial backups, we're just like, bang, all right, let's get rolling. And made it super easy to work with. When it's a friend, it can be a little bit tough when you you know want to give feedback and all that. But uh, he just made it super simple. We didn't have any blowups or anything like that. So it was great. Um, Back onto the nani part, that actually comes from Lee and I, when growing up, we, you know, it was just a nickname that you would call non-alcoholic beers. Like, oh, that person's having a nani. Like it, it like, it was just what we knew now non-alcoholic beers as when we were growing up. And most times it was used in, like, probably not the best sense of the word. Oh, yeah, like, that person's having a nani or, like, someone's choices, right? So we, we kind of took that idea and like as a reminder of like okay we got to kind of knock this stigma that, that surrounds non-alcoholic beers and I feel like the name for us was just one of those things that uh, is a good reminder for us is like what we're actually trying to achieve.
2: That's that's actually very really interesting. I didn't know this whole story about the way that you guys came up with uh, with the name about non. How do you see yourself now versus before working for the tech company?
1: So it's uh, Lee and I grew up in a very entrepreneurial family. Coincidentally, my parents owned pubs, restaurants, liquor stores. So we grew up in that in that world. And I was always like, even as a kid, I'm like, I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to create something. I wanna I want to bring something to life one day. And then. Before uh, I was working in tech, it was a lot of like physical labor, working in construction, working up north, uh, a totally different world than even tech. Uh, So I've had a lot of different jumps. Um, But going from Shopify specifically, it's like, okay, I'll be surrounded by entrepreneurship. I'll be basically living entrepreneurship from the other side of the screen. And that was an amazing experience for me. I think it helped me a ton. It gave me a lot of the skills that I have today that are now transferable to myself as a business owner, being able to communicate with these different business owners on like helping their business on, grow online or in different areas, doing that really inspired me to take the leap. So if it felt like a natural progression to where I'm at today. Basically made that jump of being inspired by the work that I did when I was in tech. And by being there for five years, I think it was really good for me in a way to kind of level up my skills and understand business a little bit more uh, that I wouldn't have if I just jumped into it from a different career. So I think being in tech uh, was really helpful. But yeah, a totally different world to what I'm doing now. It kind of fits. I feel like it fits my personality and doesn't fit my personality very well in ways that I love creative freedom and I love being able to create things and put them into the world and then realizing, oh, like, okay, I need the structure of, <laughs> of uh, what tech provided in, in a way or, like, the, the processes to actually help me get through that.
2: That is actually extremely um, interesting to see that you were able to adapt your previous knowledge and actually take it and add it to NONI. Based on that, and you guys are actually a year old right now, you guys have a, an official year under your belt. How do you see the market changing into the first this year?
1: Yeah, so I think uh, when we initially came into the market, we were expecting a lot more pushback than we actually did. So it was actually, yeah, first year we're like, okay, we came up with a product and people were a lot more receptive. Lee, coming from his beer background, he's like, I'm not too sure how it's going to be received. I know a few uh, restaurants that do have an open mind about non-alc and uh, talking to our friends and family, you know, you get weird looks You're like, okay, you're going to make beer, but it's non-alcoholic. What's the, what's the scoop with this? And I think, you know, like we're like, obviously you're going to get those comments up front and which was, which was great to see like people's initial reaction and how they've changed over the, the this last year. Like even just, just friends and family that are close. Yeah. It's funny. Like restaurant, there's, you know, there's some restaurants and bars that see the the way that it can improve profit and just being like a good option. Then there's people realizing that then they actually make the change themselves, right? They can see uh, it's a good product for their business and they're like, oh, it's not for me. But then you get an email two months later saying, hey, I threw some in my fridge and I'm I'm actually slowing down a little bit. Things are changing. And it's just, I think it's, you know, changing people's Preconceived ideas of like, okay, I've had an O'Doul's before. I don't like the taste of non-alcoholic beer, and that's not going to be for me. And you know, having a year under our belt now, we can actually see change in mindset from when we initially talked to people to where they're at now. And I think even now, like from Dry January last year to Dry January this year, I think the change is actually pretty incredible to see as well. I think there's just been a huge uptick in people supporting it, being understanding. You know, Taco Fino's now brought us on tap, which is amazing. That you know that hasn't been done in Vancouver yet, from my knowledge. And I think people are realizing that if you're supporting, you're not just supporting people that don't drink; it's just supporting a, a healthier drinking culture. And yeah, it's been really exciting to see people's minds change. I think, for the most part.
2: So you guys doing kegs as well? I didn't know that you guys do kegs. That's that's the next level move, like for logistics. For warehousing, for distribution, for self life, are you able to manage that so far?
1: Yeah. So I think for us, yeah, you're right. Like it, like adding kegs to the mix, it's right now uh, Nani's just just Lee and I. So adding more complexity there isn't always good, but we are just keeping it small right now. It's not our primary focus. I think it's just teaming up right with the right people. Um, and we wanted to just try it out, see if people would be receptive to it. Uh, see if restaurants, and bars would be receptive to it. It's been it's been great so far. I think you know we get messages all the time, being like, "I just had it on tap. This is incredible!" Like for example, I was at uh, a wedding. You know, we're drinking wine and beer before, and we go down to the box car on Main there, and they have uh, Nani on tap. And I just switched over, and I was like, "Wow, this is just such a different experience!" Like you know, I've had. Cans of beer of Nani uh, all over the place. And it's just like a different feeling, like in the bar in its proper form. It just feels feels great. It just tastes great. Feels great. Uh, It's nice to be having a pint when everyone else is drinking the same format. I don't know what it is. It's just like it feels like you're more included. We're hoping to get that point where no one bats an eye uh, when you pick up a non-alcoholic beer. And I think getting it into a pint glass is uh, even a step further there.
2: A hundred percent, I agree
0: with you. Yeah, and I mean, could you talk a bit about, because I was reading this a bit about you guys, that how you're trying to switch the near beer to a good beer movement. Yeah. Which I thought was really interesting, because it is true now that when you go to restaurants and stuff, you're starting to see cocktails, like a non-alcoholic cocktail list and non-alcoholic beers. So as kind of a lens you guys have been looking through, switching from the near beer to making it good beer.
1: Yeah. So I think a lot of that is like, we just want to call it beer. Like we don't, I just, I would love to be like, you know, you have your beer list of, you know, people put them by styles or their percentages or whatever. Just if you could just put a beer in the beer list, you know, label as non-alcoholic, but it should be in the beer list. It, it is beer. It just doesn't have alcohol in it. You know, you wouldn't, you know, there's like, there's beers that sit at 3%. You wouldn't I don't know, like you wouldn't highlight them as like, oh, a a low alcohol beer, like, or, and like put them in a different part of the menu. I think it's just like, it's all beer. And if, once you start normalizing that, everyone starts, you know, feeling a lot more comfortable with it. Oh, it's on the beer menu. It's not on like the, in the back sitting beside the seven up. It's just beer. And uh, that's the way that we want the, the community to see it.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I think that in the past year, even it's just like seeing it change and seeing people starting to talk about it. It's been so rapid even within a year. So I'm really excited to kind of see how the next year brings a different kind of understanding towards it. Yeah. It's going to be really cool to see. Yeah. I'm excited too. You're listening to the Liquid Intelligence Podcast sponsored by Opus. Want to dive into the world of alcohol-free? Use code NANI for 12% off your first Opus order at www.drinkopus.com. That's NANI, N-O-N-N-Y for 12% off at www.drinkopus.com. Cheers.
2: Have you seen difficulties in the retail segments on people where to place you? People telling you alcohol-free beer? No, that's, that's not for us. Or retailers pushing back and telling you that, hey, you know what? I think this is a great idea, but it's not going to work in our store. Yeah. Because this is a story that applied to us like a year in business, and we're in approximately, let's say, 1,000 locations across Canada. But number one response was amazing idea, but we don't see this working for our customers and then a week after people were like yeah we might give it a go mm-hmm. and then you've seen some other retailers like a month or two after they were like actually people are asking for alcohol free beverages that it's non kombucha non pop no soda so we'll we'll give it a try
1: yeah absolutely i think we you know you come come across all kinds of hurdles and i think that's uh, definitely one a normal assumption for someone to say if you're not if they're not into it personally, that they kind of, you know, like, "Ah, I don't think that I don't think the crowd in our store would be would be into that. It's still pretty new. And it's understandable, you know, it's another large item on the shelf. And, you know, they don't want to take the risk. But you don't realize like how large the segment of customers is, it's not as like a specific demographic. It's so wide, from women who are pregnant to older whiskey drinking men like it's just you know like the range is so wide it's not like one person that's looking to slow down it's for uh you know taking a break it's there's just like so many occasions where it should just be normal that people don't really realize that it's a broad segment of people rather than just a few specific customers
2: any plans to be able to find you across Canada? Yeah,
1: I think uh we're we're slight like growing into Alberta a bit. We're growing into Ontario. Still like I was saying, just the two of us right now. So we want to make sure that we're focusing here where we uh are in arms reach of being able to make things happen well, grow those uh, those relationships. But uh yeah, I think this year is a big year as this past one has been mostly like focusing on the product, making sure like verifying that there's uh you know, people are liking it and then this year, I think we can really uh, ramp things up, which I'm really excited for. Um, you know, it's nervous jumping into something. You know, you fund yourself in, and you're like, I don't know how this is going to work. And uh, this last year is a good validation of a need. People are excited. Uh, we are rolling out a few more beers, so we have a a dark beer coming out. Nice. Should be in the next uh, week or two. Here should be arriving, which is super exciting. And then uh, likely another seasonal in uh, in the spring and summer. So we're excited to start experimenting a little bit more on on um, the product development side of things. But yeah, I think this is the year that uh, we're able to you know ramp up uh, and hopefully get uh, distribution to more folks. So it's easier to access. Christos, as you know, I'm sure that shipping liquids across the country isn't uh, the most viable thing in the world. So. Getting it in stores near people uh, is uh, definitely a top priority.
2: Oh, there is lots of challenges. And and again, as I mentioned before, every single day I am learning a new thing, right? But you guys have an amazing product. Um, You guys have proof of concept. You've already a year plus and you guys have so so much distribution so far. So it's only going to grow from here and I'm 100% sure about it. How do you see the next five years? It's brand new and it's already close to 15 billion for US and Canada specifically. And I'm not adding Europe, I'm not adding Australia, I'm not adding the Asian market. I think it's hard to predict. I mean, I don't
1: think it's going away anytime soon. Talking about beer as something that's been around for how many thousands of years, obviously the alcohol is a part of that that brings it along, but people caring about their health is, uh, or having, New facts come out about alcohol. It's maybe not the best thing in the world to have, you know, four pints a day. (laughs) And maybe you should just add uh, a few non-alcoholic options. I think people are just seeing like all this data come in through like how it affects your rest, your recovery, your mood. And uh, I think people are only going to be the wiser to making some positive changes by looking to non-alcohol options. And I think like. You know, uh, like Opus as well, same as Nani. Like, I like people might start shifting from sugary drinks, not just from alcoholic drinks. I think that people are like, "Oh, I like the taste of beer." I'm realizing that I like the taste of beer. I'm going to put a 12 pack in my fridge, and I'm going to drink it during the day as I would, like a seltzer water, like like a pack of Opus instead instead of like zero sugar and reducing my sugar intake um, by not having that Coca Cola. <laughs> I think that people are going to realize that there's more to it than just uh, removing the alcohol. It's just like they taste amazing and they're premium products. And I think that we're a long way to see how that develops. One thing that I'm really curious about is the younger gen- generation not drinking beer initially. Will they move to non alcoholic beer, like just for the taste? That's something that I'm really curious uh, about if that, if it stays within the age group that has a taste for beer or if that translates to the younger generation and they they have a taste for beer that's one thing that i'm really interested in because you know for me like hops the bitterness the all that like really does it for me and i'm not a sweets uh type person so definitely beers that beverage for me but i'm curious if that translates to people that didn't drink beer previously what's your take on on this Where, where do you where are you seeing things
2: that's, that's a question that I'm asking myself every single day. And I'm a true believer that when people go and purchase something, they vote for you. Yeah. So when people are going in the store and actually voting for Opus, alcohol-free beverages, or voting for Noni or voting for an alcohol-free beverage, that gives power and gives more growth to this segment and i do believe that this market it's here to stay and it's only going to grow from here exciting times it is definitely exciting times it is it is a, it is a difficult uh, segment it is a segment that goes against what what has been happening to the let's say the alcohol beverage world uh, right now, and I'm not going to be surprised if we see some of the huge players of the beverage game jumping into it as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
2: But what's something? What's what's something that you want to leave us with, and how people can reach you or find you?
1: Sure. Um, I think just like I would, uh, like how I discovered uh, non-alcoholic options, non-alcoholic beer, I would say go out and try, try knocking on one of those uh, uh, retailers' doors. Try out some beverages, put them in, put them in your fridge, and just see how you adapt and how your habits change. I would just, I just really interested to see how when people do have it in the fridge, it actually changes their whole entire outlook by you know when you would typically grab for a beer or a, or an alcoholic beverage you're just uh, you giving yourself that that option uh, really does open up your eyes to it so i would say just experiment with different uh, different options and because there's there's so much so much new so much uh, so much exciting uh, new products out there yeah give it a try um, you can find nani on uh, instagram at uh, nani.beer or you can check us out online on our website at www.nani.beer amazing.
0: Lane, thank you so much for coming on the Liquid Intelligence podcast. It was really great to talk to you. And I'm really excited to see where the next year of Nani goes. Uh, I'm sure it's going to be amazing.
1: Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on.
0: Thanks so much for listening to the Liquid Intelligence podcast sponsored by Opus. Did you enjoy this episode? Be sure to subscribe on your listening platform of choice to be the first to hear our next episode drop.